0: I've got two, two roles right now. I want to bring to you a message uh, pertaining to the new year. So why don't you take your Bible and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And then uh, following that, I want to just lay out a few future things that we are looking at so that we can all be caught up to speed and, and move forward. And I hope that even if you were not planning on staying for the meal, maybe you didn't even know about it when you arrived, that you will just stay with us and linger a bit and uh, allow us to get to know you better and just enjoy what the Bible refers to as fellowship. So right after the service, there'll be a, a meal waiting for you. I think it's natural for us at the first of the year to just kind of reflect a little bit about life. And if I'm just honest with you, I've seen a change in my own life over the last few years, things seem to be going a lot faster than they used to. I can remember as a boy, I could not wait to get to the end of the school year so I could have my summer. And then I took on a more long-term view. I could not wait just to get out of high school altogether. Then I, I couldn't wait to get out of college, get a real job. And I couldn't wait to, to get married. I couldn't wait to start having kids. And now I'm seeing that these kids are, are growing up fast. And I find myself, for the first time in my life, saying, I don't want things to go by fast. I want things to slow down. And I was visiting with my wife um, just a few weeks ago, and just due to a multitude of things, she said, Chad, we never even got to making Christmas cards this year. And so if, if you were wondering why you didn't get one from us, we were equal opportunity offenders this year. We offended all of you. And she said, I, I put up about half the Christmas decorations that I, that I usually do. And things, have just, things have just gone fast, right? And I'm reminded of what the Scriptures have to say about this in James 4.4. For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. A couple of weeks ago we had this heavy fog come in and it seemed paralyzing to those of you who were driving into town. But what happened? Eventually that lifted. The Bible says that's kind of what our life is like. The Psalm 11 says, My days are like an evening shadow. Now think about that. As the sun is setting and it's moving it's a shadow just for a little while, then it just gives way to darkness. The Bible says, I wither away like grass. So wisely, the psalmist says in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. For the last 10 years, uh, This happens certainly more to my wife than it did to the two of us, but it happened just recently on a Friday afternoon as we were out eating that this dear woman came up to us and said, Are these children all yours? And and then she would go, Oh, you have all boys. Well, I had all girls. And then she would say, This time will go by fast. And you know, for many years I thought, you're lying. Because these days are long. But now I'm seeing the wisdom of those words. When I look at two boys, eyeball to eyeball, rather than looking down at them because they are now about my height. And so the first John 2, verse 17 says, And the world is passing away with all its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. I'm in a stage now of life where I'm like, all I want to do is devote my energy to things that will live forever, that will abide forever. That might seem a little um, weird for those of you who are older, like, okay, well, finally you're at my stage. I've been in that stage for decades. Well, I'm, I'm just getting to that point. And so as we look at this new year, I think it's a, it's a natural thing for us to think, okay, now what, what changes would I like to see in my life? What changes would be appropriate to make? And here's a question for you. Where does lasting change come from? Is it just willpower? Is it an exercise of iron-clad desire? Well, the argument I want to make to you in just a short time that I have with you on this message is I want to suggest to you that true change comes from a new identity, comes from within, once Jesus has changed your heart. So let me give you a point number one. I don't have an outline for you today, but you can follow along with me, I think, in your mind. Lasting change comes in the gift of Christmas in receiving this gift of Christmas. And I'm so grateful, it's so appropriate that the ladies sang a song that we had for the Christmas season and allowing that to linger. While many of you have probably already put your, your tree away, your lights and your decorations away, how many of you have done that? All right, looks like this room has, this side of the room has, but maybe not all of you have. But here's the point. That message of the Savior coming to save us from our sins is not just a Christmas message. It's a message that lasts all year round. And what I'm arguing this morning is that true, lasting change comes by receiving this gift of having your sins forgiven. Many gifts that we received during this Christmas season were in the category of wants. They were a hoodie, a gift card, another blanket, maybe a gaming system. It's not something that you really needed, but the gift that is given through Jesus Christ is something that you actually need. It's because of our sin. We sin because we are sinners. There's a great verse there in Jeremiah 13, verse 13, that says, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then also you can do good who are accustomed to do evil. Here's the point. In the same way that a black person, a black man or a black woman cannot change the color of their skins, nor can a leopard remove the spots You and I cannot change our our sin nature. We sin because that's who we are. And and Jesus said in John 8, verse 34, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So we can set out on January 2nd and say, here are some of the changes that I want to make. And we can be, by sheer determination, make some external changes in our life. But we cannot change what really matters, our heart. So we stand condemned before God, guilty. And like Adam and Eve, our tendency is to hide our guilt. And as we think of New Year's changes or resolution, what we really need is help with our sin. And that was our tendency, maybe even within the church, to say, as I look to this coming year, what I need to do is exchange a list. Okay, Here are the sinful things that I do, and here are the good things I should be doing, so let's just swap them. And let's say, I want to do these good things, and I don't want to do the bad things. In Galatians 5, there's a list of the, of the sinful tendencies that we have. It says, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these things alike. I warned you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then just a few verses later, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So we could set out here in the early part of this year and say, i tell you what, I don't want to do that sin anymore. I just want to do this good stuff. But because of our nature, we're just not able to deliver on those well intentions. So we need one to help us with our sin. And he came during that first Christmas. And that's why the angel says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So we we may be moving away from the Christmas season, but let us not forget that true change comes by receiving the forgiveness of sins that was granted to us by the Savior. The second thing I want to say to you by way of making a lasting change in our life is Jesus is the complete gift We want to make lasting change. We have to receive the the forgiveness of sins by Jesus who, who offered them. But he is the ultimate, most satisfying gift. Probably you've seen these nesting dolls before, right? I think Russia is credited with them. You receive these and you open one and you're like, hey, there's another one in here. You take it out and you open another one. Hey, there's another one in here. And you keep opening it and maybe there's seven, eight, nine, ten of these little dowels encased in another. It seems to me like when we receive the good news, when we receive the gospel, this gift of forgiveness, it's just like that. Hey, I needed to be forgiven of my sin so I'm no longer under the guilt and condemnation of God. But I also need a new nature And so as you receive this gift, the more you read about it and learn about it, the more you realize that this really is the complete gift. You open it up and say, you know what? When I became a Christian, I also received the Holy Spirit. He empowers me to live out the Christian life. He teaches me what the Word of God has to say. He convicts me of sin. As we open up more what it means to be forgiven of Jesus, we can see, hey, my identity has changed. I have been adopted. I have been chosen. And we get to receive this gift, these gifts as a part of receiving the gospel. One of these gifts is found here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This is the verse that I just want you to look at me with right here. In the context of knowing in chapter 5 that we will receive a new body, in verses 1 through 10 and then verses 11 through 16, that we have been given this ministry to be able to share the gospel, that they could be reconciled with God and with one another. He says in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. How is it that we can have lasting change in this coming year? It's by going back to understand that if you are a child of God, you are a new creation. And then therefore, you have been given the power to make these lasting changes. If you are not a Christian, you are still in the sin, sin nature, and you will just be spinning your wheels, isn't this what we celebrate during baptism? Our family got away uh, this past week to visit my mother. She lives up in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area. And while we were there, I, I was just reflecting on a time where I think it was during Christmas. Had tried to share the gospel with her multiple times. And, and she, at that point, she just was resistant to it. But I think it was during Christmas we just purchased a Bible for her and said, would you, would you just read this? And how encouraging it was to see her just read that over and over again and then speak about being born again. And then to walk around in her, her, throughout her house and the bathroom where she has Scripture taped to the mirror. I mean, it is just magnificent. And as during one of those quiet moments when everyone was outside and it was just her and I in the kitchen. She says, tell me about baptism. What, what is baptism all about? And I said, well, well, mom, it has nothing to do with you becoming a Christian through baptism, but it's really a picture of what has taken place. So when one is standing in the water and they are lowered under the water, that's a symbol of the old self dying. But when they come up out of the water, mom, that's the new self. Because when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And baptism symbolizes that. And so if we want lasting change, we have to go back to this truth that is a part of the gift of receiving the forgiveness of sins is that we are a new person capable of changing and obeying what God has before us. Listen to this then. True change does not come from making a list of desired external behaviors and getting after it by sheer determination. True change is possible from the inside out, living out this new creation. And for the Christian, you don't have to wait for New Year's Day to bring in this change. In fact, every day, we are becoming more and more like Christ and seeing change in our life. Let me hit you with the third and final point. Those who have received this gift of Jesus are in need of continual renewal. So now that we've received this new life, what we just do is we go back to this over and over again. Second Corinthians 4, verse 16 says, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. It's not just New Year's Day, but every day, what we are doing is we're discovering who Jesus is, what He has done for us, and applying that to our life. This is what we call renewal. This renewal is a work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Titus chapter 3, verse 5 says, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit does is he takes this teaching that you have been forgiven of your sins, he takes this gift of a relationship with Jesus, and he reminds you of the benefits that come with that, and then nudges you along to live differently than what you have been. The Spirit of God reminds us that we have been changed. The second thing under this renewal is this renewal is also something we get to participate in. The great book in the Bible called Romans, the first 11 chapters, details this wonderful gift of forgiveness of sins called the gospel. And chapter 12, and verses 1 and 2, says here's your response to this message. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Colossians 3 verse 10 says, Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So the the gift that we have before us, loved ones, as we go into 2022, is yes, if you're a Christian, you've been new, you're a new person. But then you get to renew your mind by taking the Word of God, reading it, memorizing it, meditating on it, and you come more and more to see these changes in your life. The Holy Spirit will take these words and apply them in your life. I suspect that many of you, if not all Christians in this room, could say, I am not the same woman today that I was a year ago. I'm not the same man that I was today that I was a year ago. God has been doing this work in my life, renewing my mind, making me so that I understand his will for my life, giving me his Holy Spirit that I'm living it out. Man, I just think of my own Christian life and how it's changed from after graduating college on the other side of the state and, and wandering into Highland Crest in my mid-20s and, and sitting under the preaching of, of Pastor Jim Downs, I remember one Sunday morning where he was talking about many of you think in this room that the Christian life is like a, a, a pie and, and that God, what he wants is just a larger portion of your pie. There's a piece of pie there for God. There's a piece of pie for your family, for your work, and for your recreation. And and you want to say, I've given you 33%, and this year I'll give you 40%. And Pastor Jim said, that is not the Christian life at all. He said, listen, what God wants is your whole life. And allow God to, to direct you what you do with your work, with your recreation, and with your family. I'm telling you, that was a renewing of my mind. Where I was being challenged as as a young Christian as he was preaching and teaching us during that time. I think of throughout my life how my mind has been renewed when it comes to ideas of like finances. At one time, I thought this is my money, all of it, and God, you ought to be grateful that I give you ten percent. But the more that I was reading the scriptures, to realize none of this is mine. It all belongs to God, and He's very gracious to let me do anything with it. I think of how my view has changed towards family and and as a husband, just not knowing anything, and just reading the Scriptures, being under Bible teaching, and just how things have changed. I think that's happening to you as well, is it not? Well, let me just conclude by asking you a few questions. As we begin this new year, question number one, have you received the gift of Jesus? He has come to save you from your sins. The penalty, the presence of sins, the power of sins, he has come to do that. Have you repented? Have you placed your faith in what Jesus has done for you? He is the one gift that is truly complete and satisfies. I'd urge you to do that today. And then the second question is, are you being renewed each day? Whatever the Lord might put on your heart for tweaks and changes within your life, I think lasting change is going to come by going back to what God's Word says, allowing the Holy Spirit to just convict you and guide you in that. Pray for the Spirit to do this work in you. There's a great prayer In Psalm 51, it's a a prayer of confession that David offers to God after he has been caught sinning against Bathsheba. And it said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with a willing spirit. As I think about this message today, if there's a word that I could leave with you, it would be renewal. That's what I need. I suspect that's what many of us need today. We know the difference between having a date night with our spouse and really looking forward to having a date night with our spouse. Like, man, I cannot wait to be with her, to be with him. We know the difference to reading the Bible, because that's what I'm supposed to do, to, I just cannot wait to hear what God's going to say to me today. We know the difference between getting up on Sunday morning, because it's what we're supposed to do, and coming to church, to like, I cannot wait to get with my family, because it's there where I'm going to ask so-and-so how that prayer request is coming. I cannot wait to be able to worship with my church family. I cannot wait to fellowship and see who God might be sending to us for the very first time on this Sunday. We know the difference between those two things. I wonder if you're like me, saying, I need that renewal. Kind of doing some of the things that we're supposed to be doing, but may God restore joy and life to these things. May God do that renewal. Would you pray with me for that? We don't, at this time, Espana, it's okay. We, we, don't, we won't need the music team at this time. Father, I, I want to say thank you for your word. I thank you as we look forward to the future before us. I believe that you, you're welling up within us things that we see in our life that, that need to be changed. And we want lasting change. And it comes from the gospel and what you have done in our life. You've made us a new person capable of following through with what your word says. May we, may we do just that. And then I pray for those who have yet to do that. Lord, I pray that um, they, they would receive the gift of forgiveness. Right now, they would call out and say, God, would you forgive me of my sins? Lord, I I want to be that new person that I've heard about and read about today. I want to be a follower of Jesus, whatever that looks like. I give him my whole life, not just a slice of a pie. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If if you've prayed that and, and you're sincere and the Lord has worked in your heart, We would love to talk with you further about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We could do that at the end of our service during the meal today. Before we we wrap our service up with singing a few more songs, I I do want to just take this time to just lay out for you a few things that we'll be working on during this coming year. So you see those in your bulletin. I'm not going to belabor these and take a whole bunch of time. But I guess I thought of a metaphor that might be helpful. Maybe think of it this way. Our church is like a large boat. Maybe the the boat being built there in Senegal made me think of this. And we're all on this river together. What I have learned about being in church is that many people within the church don't really care what's going on, right? They're just grateful to to be out of the water, be out of sin, and they're grateful to be in a church where the Word of God is being preached and people are loving one another. And many are like, you know what? Leaders, we trust you. You just go ahead and do what you believe the Lord is leading you to do, and and we trust you. And that's that's a good portion of people within church. There are other people within the church that are like, actually, I really want to help. And so, would you lay out for me where we are going? So I can join you and, and I want to participate in that because I really f- I find fulfillment in, in getting uh, engaged in what's going on there. And then within the church, there are also people that are like, now why are we going this way? And what's, what's the direction here? And why are we going in that direction? And you know what? I've seen another boat and it looks a lot better than ours. Are there some things that we can do to improve this? And so... The purpose of me just going over this today is so that we can all know the direction that we are going in. I'm not the captain. Jesus is the captain. But as we've been praying, we're praying for God's leadership of where he is leading. So this is not an exhaustive list. If we did that, we'd be here forever. But, but here's just a, a couple of goals for us. Uh, number one, you see on 2022 20, goals, last year what we did is we said, let's, let's have as many people as it want. Let's do a, a read-through-the-Bible program. And many of you participated, in it, and I'm thankful for that. I want to encourage you to continue to do that. But our main emphasis this year, uh, as it relate, relates to being Bible-saturated, is to memorize Scripture together. I think I had a little uh, booklet. It's, it's not back here right now, but right there by the sound booth, there is a whole bunch of these little booklets, and they have 26 different passages. And that is one passage for every two weeks. And so what I would love for us is if we want to get to know who Jesus is more, is that we would just memorize passages that relate to who he is. You know what the first passage is? John 3.16. So you already got a head start because most of you have that memorized. But as we work through all of these different goals, this is probably going to be the one that's going to have the most profound change in your life. For me, if I look back at the times where I was most close to God, it's when I was meditating on His Word. So I want you to have that gift. Let's memorize the Scripture together. Let's use those verses that we're memorizing We'll insert them during our worship service. And so as a family, as a church family, let's work through these uh, Scripture verses together. So on your way out, you can grab one of these little booklets that says Scripture Memory. That's a goal. I'd love to see uh, at least 100 people memorize these verses together. Secondly, um, as we think about knowing who God is, knowing Jesus, working towards humility. There's this wonderful ministry that we've used in the past called Life Action Ministries. Life Action is a group that will bring 25, 30 people to your church at one time. There'll there'll be a music team, there'll be a children's team, there'll be a youth team, and they'll provide teaching. And all the teaching is geared to you having a closer relationship with God. As we've prayed about this coming year, it seems appropriate for us to invite Life Action back to our church in the late May. I think there's many people within our church that they could go back to when Life Action was here, that that was a significant change in their life. And so we're excited to have Life Action back. Now, in the past, we've had what's called the Blue Team with us. You remember Steve Canfield and, and Jimmy and that's the team that Haley Winkle is, is traveling with. It wasn't intentional, but we were not able to get that team. And So we have the red team coming, and we're just going to trust the Lord's going to work that out. We'll be hearing some new messages, having some new faces, but the same emphasis on us drawing close to God. So I'm giving this to you early so that you can right now be blocking your calendar for late May for those services, so here 's the goal is to have seventy percent of our Sunday morning attendants attend each night during life action summit number three here 's a goal, and it has to do with marriages. If we really want to have edifying relationships and authentic relationships, it begins in the home. Amen. so as a church, we want to champion and celebrate marriage. Traditionally, we have offered marriage retreats, and we've done them our own, but they've been very short and brief. They've been going away on a Friday night, coming back on a Saturday afternoon. What we would like to do is partner with a a very reputable reputable ministry, Family Life Today, and and they have this Weekend to Remember conference. You've heard Randy and Lisa Roscom champion this for for many years within our church. What we would love to see at least... 15 couples that would go to this conference and have their marriage renewed. We think it's worth the investment so much that we've actually set aside money in our 2022 budget to say, we will pay you to go. We're not paying for your lobster dinner, (laughs) nor are we paying for your five-star hotel. But we believe so much in marriage that we would pay for you to go to that. Now you see that there's only a goal of 15 couples. A part of that is many of the couples within our church don't have grandparents around here. So as you're listening and you're thinking, boy, I'd really like to help some way as these goals are being laid out, it could be that the Lord would put it on your heart that you would watch some kids during this weekend so that another couple would be able to go. Now this marriage retreat is a Friday night, all day Saturday, and, and end this Sunday morning and it, and it ends on Sunday. So this is like a full weekend of focusing on marriage. We would love to see staff be able to go. So this is a really important emphasis for us. You'll see the dates there in February. The fourth goal. One of the things, just giving you some honest feedback that I get. Sometimes I hear, Hey, I feel disconnected and, and I, I doesn't feel like anyone's really reaching out to me. Well, one of the things that we want to do is encourage people to get involved in small groups and Bible studies, but something we've done in the past, and we want to bring it back again, is something that we're calling Fireside with Friends or Getting to Know You Meals. And this is the concept, and you can participate in signing up even this morning. On January 23rd, I think that's three weeks from today, what we want you to do today is go ahead and sign up. There's a sign-up sheet right outside by the office, and you sign up and you put yourself in either one of two categories. One, you will either be a guest, that is, that you will show up at a home, or two, you will be a host, and you would be willing to open your home for people within the church to come and have a meal with you on January 23rd. Now, if you say we could host, then what we would like to know is how many people could you host. So if there's a family that says, well, we can host, and, and we can host six people, praise the Lord for that. But, but, but one family might sign up that has a family of seven, and it's just going to be you and us, right? And so we'll, we'll need people that have large homes that could open up, say, hey, we could, we could host 18 or, or, or whatever. So first, we want you to sign up, tell us, one, if you want to host or if you want to be a guest, if your host, how many, can you sign it? There's a slot for that. And if you are opening up your home, then you will get to set the menu. Could be roast beef, could be chicken, could be tacos, could be baked potatoes or whatever. This is what we're going to serve. And then you will eventually reach out to the guest and say, could you bring the bread? Could you bring the salad? Could you bring the cheesecake? Now, why are we doing this? in an effort to get to know one another better, in an effort to, to have meaningful relationships. This is what we want to be about. So sign up today or sign up next week, and then you're not going to know who you're going to be arranged with. The leaders within the church will help match those up. And then three weeks from today, we will be getting together with people uh, th- throughout the church in people's homes. And if we do it right, you're not going to know all the people that are in that home. We want you to get to know people and and establish friendships with them. Uh, Number five, one of the goals that we have, since we are prioritizing Bible studies and small groups, this is how we're doing relationships. We want to see 75% of our worship attendance in a Bible study or small group. And and number six, we want to be about a gospel witness. And so we want to see what's been happening this last year continue to happen. And by June 30th, that every Bible study or every small group that meets in someone's home will have reached out to the community in one gospel-sharing effort. Just We would love to see that by the first six months. And then number seven, as the Lord wills, what we want to have is multiple trips to Senegal this year. They have told us, their Missionary Moses, yes, there's a local effort, we're a local church, local churches are getting together to see a church established there on Neomoon Island, but they have told us that when we show up as Americans, that that just draws a crowd, and we can share the gospel message, and people on the island can say, well, that's an American message, but the local churches will be right beside us, and they'll say, no, that's not an American message, that's the truth. And I'm just like you. I'm the same people group you are. That, what they're sharing is truth. And what we, we would love to see is a church established there on Neomoon Island. I put here on number eight just to set an attendance of, of 225. That's just something to pray for that helps us to sing. How many chairs should we have? When we think about ministries and Bible studies, if we were to plan for that, what would that look like? It is not an idol for us, but it's just something to put out there. Let me just have you look on the back side to look at a few of these important events because I want you to see a few of these. If, if Zach were with us, he would be highlighting the youth winter camp. This is an excellent time for you to have your children get involved in a winter camp. This is one of the most popular events, the best events we do as a student ministry. But if you look at the third one down on January 30th, the, the real men breakfast will begin. Now, when you see the real, you'll notice that those are in all caps, uh, many of us men went away on the men's retreat in October, November, and we were challenged with some teaching of what it really looks like to lead your families, lead in your community, to lead in your church. And, and I not only felt convicted by that, but there was something else I felt convicted by as we walked away from that. And Zach and I talked about it, talked with Shane, who's the leader of our men's ministry, and it was... What are we doing to actually help our men carry this stuff out? Again, partnering with Family Life Ministry, and a man by the name of Dave Wilson. And if you listen to the radio program, that's the main guest. He was a a chaplain of the Detroit Lions for many years. If there's anyone who knows something about humility, it would be him. Uh, But the REAL is an acronym. The R stands for resist passivity. The E stands for engage with God. The A stands for accept responsibility. The L stands for lead courageously. And as a men's ministry, if we're honest, we've, we've provided some nice materials over the years, but we have not provided an overall strategy for our men to live this stuff out. And so what we want to do is provide this lead. in every Bible study, every function, every event that we would have would filter through this strategy where we want to equip our men. So men, I'm talking to you this morning, and I want you to be there on January 30th as well as every last Saturday of the month. You say, well, I got something going on on Saturday. Well, what are you going to do on a cold Saturday morning? really go ice fishing if you come i'll go ice fishing with you later that day all right but this is something that's going to be important for our men and you'll you also notice there the good friday service we haven't had one of those in i think a long long time lord willing we'll have one i'd love for us to partner with another church for that uh, leon mills is is back there with builders for christ This year, they'll be going to Beaver Creek, Ohio. And if you'd like to learn more about Builders for Christ this year, you can see Leon. You want to raise your hand, brother? Uh, I I want to hit on this, too, because when else would I? The Southern Baptist Convention is in June. Um, Many of you have expressed concern, like, what happened this past year at the convention? Is this something that we should be concerned about, about the direction of the convention? Let me just share with you two things. One... Um, the executive director of the Minnesota-Wisconsin Convention uh, asked, asked if I would serve on the executive committee. That's not the first time, but this time seemed right for us. That just, just to be able to understand what's taking place within the local Southern Baptist circles, So if there is anything of a drift, a liberal drift, I'd certainly be among the first to know because I'll be on the executive committee. The second thing is our family plans on attending the the annual convention in Anaheim, California. And that doesn't have to be a pastor thing. If you want to go and you want to hear for yourself, you can go to that convention. We would just nominate you and vote you as a messenger. You'll also notice a few events there in June and July, July and October of some concerts that Highland Crest is scheduled to host. There was one within our community that has a real love for Southern gospel music and, uh, and is aware, somewhat loosely connected to Highland Crest, and is asked if we would be willing to host a few of these concerts. And here's my attitude. If, if our building can be used to share the gospel and to edify Christians, then I'm in. I think we should be open to doing that. Fully aware that that could be some messes and some stains and some whatever, but this is what we have this building for, right? It's to be able to share the gospel. It's to be able to edify other Christians as well. I think Ginger told me that this is these are concerts that are like big time. just like Ticketmaster, where you would actually order your tickets from them. It wouldn't be something, am I right, that you wouldn't call the church office and say, hey, can I have the, the front row? no. You'll have to get your tickets like everyone else, uh, as, as we would host for these. You'll notice there's a few events here that we have scheduled, um, or at least on the docket, but are not scheduled. With Zach Ward on staff, as our family and ministry guy, he is really passionate about Jesus. He's also passionate about coaching baseball. And the leading religion in Brown County, is it not? is not Christianity, it's sports, right? And so he's going to take his skill and his experience and his leadership and the connections that he's already made in the howard Swamico area. He told me yesterday I'll be meeting with some other coaches, and some of these coaches will actually be helping, and we'll be, we'll be hosting a clinic for baseball. Uh, so imagine the families that we would be able to, to connect with, and, and they'll have different skills stations that they will do, and there'll be opportunities for you to participate in that. But why would we do this? Yes, we're concerned about having a good baseball team in the area, but we're more concerned about sharing the gospel with the families, right? So stay tuned to something like this. He's waiting to get the schedule. He wants to find out when the spring season is and when the summer season is and try to plan it accordingly. You'll also see that we're looking at, we set aside money for a vacation Bible school sometime this summer, and we're looking at having some Senegal mission trips. And when those dates are set, we would let you know. So let me just close here with this. How can I help? How, you might be listening to this. How, how can I step in and help? You see it there. One is just, just to read your scriptures, meditate, apply God's word to your life. If you're not in a Bible study group, a small group, please do. This is where we want you just to connect with others. And do you know what your spiritual gift is and how God has uniquely shaped you? We have these, this little inventory. There's a stack of these on the Welcome Center where you can go through this and say, this is how God's created me. Now launch out and to serve. I'd say that also just to be willing to share the gospel with those around you, your neighbors. And then something else I would say is just be hospitable. The Lord has been so gracious this last fall and into this early winter where we've just seen a great assortment of guests virtually every Sunday. And and some of you, it just becomes very natural for you. You look for new people, and you are welcoming and and greeting them. I just want to turn you loose and just continue to do that. Melody and I love to have people that are new to our church in our home, but we can't do it all. And if that is something that you are passionate about, that you, you like to do... I would love if you would take that on yourself into this new year that you would look and say, hey, this family's been coming for a few weeks. How about we reach out to them and have them over? And you could have some Christ-centered conversations with them. And so it's, it's more than just on leaders. It's everyone is sharing in the hospitality to guests that have been attending our church. So here are a number of things that we'll be working on, and I hope that you're excited about this. I personally am. I I see some good things here. and May the Lord bring this. I wonder if our music team can come. And as we sing a a song here of invitation, I want to give you an opportunity just to reflect on all these things, whether it was a message or whether it was just laying out a few things that we have lined up for 2022. And just say, what would God have you to do? I want to give you a time to reflect on these words as they are sung. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you for just bringing us together today. And may, may we be all in the same boat together. Jesus, you are our captain. You are guiding us. As we look out, help us to be a church that is biblical. Just saturated with what the scriptures say. Help us to be a church that is humble, that this is what the Bible says, and I want to adjust my life to that. May your Spirit lead me. Help us to be a church that loves one another and is real, It doesn't wear a mask to church or to small groups, but we're really concerned about people's marriages and their children and, and widows that are uh, on their own, that we're reaching out to them. And then help us be a church that, that reaches out as well to those around us, It takes this great gospel message and shares it with others. In Jesus' name, amen.